All right. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Time and Place, the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon. This is Julian. And today we're going to talk about Wicca and witches. But first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today? Twitter is wilding out, man. So (laughs) so a lot of they're locking people out and they're locking out politicians they're locking man it's nuts so apparently this new york times or new york post article is like too hot to handle because if anybody tweets it they get their account locked it's you know, nuts. new york port new york post is funny because i'll see stuff and i'll be like wait a second is that true what they don't have like some pretty <laughs> crazy stuff and then like real pictures in it i'm like what why is no one else talking about this this is crazy well this one apparently so the whole spiel the the you know anybody who's been posting this has been getting locked out and that includes the white house press secretary the trump re-election campaign twitter is locked out uh i think new york post itself got locked out for a little while for posting it but it's crazy so apparently there's a smoking gun article that the new york post printed about how uh hunter biden had made some connections maybe greased some palms for some people with his dad when he was a yeah. vp and uh, the, the Twitter's Twitter's rationale was that it was gotten through uh, hacking, so therefore they they don't want to encourage people to hack and leak information, so they're going to block it, right? That's their rationale. Yeah. The story apparently is that one of the Bidens, who they don't know who, took their laptop to get repaired somewhere, and the repair yeah. shop was like, "Well, let's just see what's on here." Made a copy of the hard drive, got it to Giuliani. Biden, Giuliani got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> like why? Why would you not use a fake name? Why would you? <laughs> I heard that they didn't. Re- that they couldn't couldn't pinpoint him as Hunter Biden, but it, it was somebody, and he, I guess he knew it was Hunter Biden's laptop somehow. Well, yeah, because it had a giant Biden sticker on it. Oh, that's right. Apparently, yeah. it had a, a, like a Bo Biden sticker on it. It was like, well, there's got to be oh, something good on here. Yeah. But yeah, apparently they've been sitting on this for a while, and then when they when they came out with it, that was when Twitter was like, "All right, none of this." But because of that, the House Judiciary <laughs> Committee is voting to subpoena Jack from Twitter to like oh, talk man. about his practices. Yeah, so it's getting real. It, didn't they just talk to Congress or something? Like, didn't they all just and apparently come before? Yeah, they're doing it again. Apparently oh, later this month. They're, they're doing it again later this month with Zuckerberg and Google, but they're like, well, jump the gun with Jack. Get him in here now because we got to talk about this. That's crazy, man. They, they really need to figure out if they're a platform or a publisher uh, right. as far as this stuff kind of stuff goes. Because like, if you're a publisher, great. You can publish what you want. You can edit and censor and right. you know, whatever. But if you're a platform, like AT&T isn't stopping me from saying anything on the phone. Right? Right. Because they're a platform, right? <laughs> so, well, I mean <laughs> – yeah. They, they want they want it both they want it both ways because the appeal is the idea that they're just a platform and anybody yeah. can put anything and create whatever but they want the the oversight of a publisher they want to be able to, to yeah. edit basically and you can't you can't do both like one or the other which one are you well and the problem is that I think the only things we've seen for for something being a straight free speech absolute uh, platform is like 4chan give the keys to the prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> Arkham Asylum kind of stuff, and it's just like, well, just no one will down. get on that. No one wants to get on that. And, <laughs> you know, see people drowning puppies or something. So it's like we have to have some kind of rules here, and maybe that's what they need is just more clear cut rules, I guess, of like 
hey, here's everything you can't do. And if it, what if you do falls on this list, then you're going to get a warning or whatever. But if it doesn't, then we can't do anything. Maybe we can change the list. But they, they right. have just they have no it's just whatever they say at, at right. any given just moment for at that day, whatever they yeah. decide. It's 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 nuts. It's the the flippancy of being able to say we're a private company, we can do whatever we want, but then not wanting yeah. to be portrayed that way. It's just, yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, that's crazy, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's the, did you see the town halls or anything tonight? They had the, no, I didn't watch any of the, any it, of the stuff it, going on. The Trump one was on NBC, and I guess the protesters, like or like some actors and NBC people, were like protesting. And Biden's was on ABC, and Biden's seemed like a calm, uh, like everyone was getting along, and they all just like loved him, and was like, <laughs> it, it was like, yeah, it, it was kind of there was some contention a little bit, but it was very much just like. We're gonna let Biden just talk, you know. I guess it's a town hall, but then Trump's right. was like uh, almost they were like clapping and like woo, like you know, it was like more rock. Like yeah. yeah, they they all loved him too. It's like okay, they got a bunch of Trump supporters in to be the crowd, which okay. And then, but yeah, it was just a little bit more like a like a rally and stuff, and rather than just like I don't know, it was it was pointless, well, I mean, useless, it's useless. What am I supposed to do with yeah. any of this? Nothing. Well, at this point. At Who's undecided at this point? Like, who doesn't know who they're voting for at this point? You know what's weird? Everybody I know who's super decided, either way, is waiting to not to vote, not to vote early. And so I was like, yeah, that's, that's true. Everyone's like super hardcore voting and president stuff is like, and like way on one side, are waiting till voting day. It's like, why not just vote right now? Like, <laughs> Because you got to get that little sticker and post it on your Instagram <laughs> that you voted. So everybody knows, like, you can't did get your civic duty. Can't get that on the out early. <laughs> it's it's. It's not as cool if you do it early. Nobody's looking for it. You got to be trending. Like, that's how it works. Yeah, the day of. I want everybody to know that me and Mariah Carey voted on the same day, and we're both <laughs> yeah. real Americans. Voted for two different people, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> You don't know who I'm voting for yet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm saving my write-in for I'm gonna write President in Dan Crenshaw. If he won, would he have, would he, like, have to take it like i guess i can't be a congressman anymore i'm president oh yeah i think so like if it's, it's like, like we have to crazy fluke and all everybody writes him in <laughs> yeah you'd have to yeah i guess I don't, that's that never happened they, before right like so yeah writing. if you win can you refuse like no i don't want to i didn't want it it was a joke uh probably maybe hmm. i don't know how it works i don't <laughs> even know how it works i don't even know how it works like if 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 trump died of corona it would be Pence versus Biden, right? It would have to be Pence, but he would have this to. This late in the game, yeah. He would have would, to win. And, and he would have to go to, but, okay, so if he didn't, though, could another Republican <laughs> run? I mean, they would have to. Like, when, it's LBJ, like when JFK died before his first term was over, LBJ took over, and then he didn't run against, what was it, Nixon? And mm -hmm. so, but did he just hand it or does another Democrat jump in? I don't even know like what happened with that. Yeah. Like they would, cause they have to have the whole convention and put forward the candidate and all of that stuff. Oh, and, and even on yeah, the so, like, if yeah. He, yeah. So like if he didn't want to, for whatever reason, they would have to put somebody out. Crenshaw, man. <laughs> he's too, I man, I don't, he's not, he's too level headed. 
That's the problem. Like yeah, he's too, too measured in what he says. Yeah, he's too reasonable to be a, a Republican like a, candidate in twenty twenty. Like cartoon character. That's what I'm afraid of. Is that like the Republican Party has become <laughs> the Trump Party? It's like, oh God, we don't even know what that is. It's definitely not Republican. <laughs> it's just handing out stuff. Like, what do you want? I got it for you. You want jobs? I got them. You want oil? I got them. <laughs> now you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I miss those days, man. When he was just a joke on Conan. Oh not God, like dude. the president. <laughs> yeah. Well, even when he's a president, he's firing everybody. That's what, no. <laughs> what he keeps saying. He loves firing people. He's, he's on, he's on Once you get in the habit, it's hard to up. He's on his fifth speaker of the house. <laughs> Fire everybody. Oh. Uh, that's nuts. Anyway. So I'm having a little allergy issues just like putting that out there before <laughs> I like it's not the Rona. If you hear you hear me sneeze or something or cough, or whatever, it's not the run. It's seasonal allergies right on schedule as the weather kind of I'm gonna shift. edit that start shifting. I'm gonna edit that out before I put it up on Spotify so they just hear <laughs> you have the Rona and then we're just gonna yeah. keep going. I don't got the Rona. It's like I got the Rona. <laughs> yeah, that's <what> I'm <laughs> yeah, no, a little congested so, yeah. allergies aside. Yeah, just a little caveat. <sighs> Allergies aside, uh, this week, being with the seasons that we're in, we wanted to talk about the idea of paganism, occult, Wicca, witchcraft in general, uh, but we are two uh, church school kids, so we're not exactly skilled in the dark arts or the arcane matters, so <laughs> we had to go off-site to find somebody who actually like knows about this stuff and can kind of fill us in on what it is, what it isn't, what misconceptions we have. You know, we I, I think we both have you know, our our magic knowledge is pop culture related at best. Like Harry Red Potter, Morris, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we decided to get a guest. So let's bring him on and uh, have him introduce himself, sir. You are now on. Awesome. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Luke Bonecutter. Uh, the way I describe my professional counseling services is that I'm a diviner and spiritual counselor. Uh, so what that means specifically, the verb or the, the noun diviner is someone who divines information. So divination mm -hmm. is being able to look at certain signs and read certain things. Um, it really has a lot to do with like intuition and just being able to listen very deeply to like body language and listen to the way that someone talks about their issues to sort of it. That's that's why I call that's why it's counseling, because a lot of it is like, you know, like using their verbiage and helping them understand their situation by just being that objective insight for them. OK, so um, divination, I guess, has a lot of different methodologies. When we talk about div divination, there's I mean, you could go cards, you could go crystals, you could go uh, stones, however you want to do it. Do yeah. you have like a method that you prefer to use or is it kind of? I I do. I have over about like 40 different decks of cards that I use um, that I offer clients the choice mm. when 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 they ask. Um, but there are also runes that I use. Um, I've also divined with a regular deck of playing cards. OK, that's a thing you can do. Um, and in case we jumped in too fast, I mean, we're talking about magic and people are probably like, well, what's like divination? Like, yeah. Why are you talking about that already? So, yeah. okay, so divination <laughs> is like a school of magic. Right. And it has to do with, uh, like I said earlier, like reading the signs, like looking mm. for omens or looking for 
um, a, a symbol in nature that represents the struggle perhaps that you're going through. Really, it just has to do with connecting information and creating mm. networks of understanding. So the, conscious. For, for everybody who maybe isn't familiar, the most like common form of divination would be astrology, maybe. Um, I would say more common than that, people usually ask about palm readings here in San Antonio. Okay. People okay. love palm readings. They're really comfortable with it. Like, even if you're like a Catholic abuela, like she'll ask for a palm <laughs> reading on occasion. Um, or, you know, like a card reading. People are also used to, to card readings. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I don't specialize in palm reading. That's not something that I do. Um, I've also heard it referred to as scientific hand analysis. There's like different schools that you can go uh, get like certifications in to understand what the different mm. things on your hand mean. Uh, and I haven't gotten that far just yet. Um, okay. So I, I work main, mainly with like uh, cards and runes primarily. Okay. So as, as far oh. as... I, I know this is a broad question because from what, what research we looked into, uh, I, I'll tell you up front, the most, the, the magic that I'm familiar with, and when I say familiar, I mean tangentially, is like the idea of sigils and chaos magic, right? Not oh, like. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. So you, you're pretty familiar. That's not bad. So, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> he's familiar. <laughs> what he means is he's read the comic book works of Grant Morrison, who, hey. who was a sigil magician. Yeah, he <laughs> was cool. a chaos like, magician and was right. very yeah. much like it influenced his his, uh, <laughs> and, his artistic career. So not only not only that, but the when My Chemical Romance announced their reunion tour, they used a video that involved a sigil, so it was part of it. I'd throw cool. that out there. We're yeah, we're yeah. thirteen minutes in, and you mentioned Grant Morrison <laughs> and, and My Chemical Romance. I think it's a new record. You don't you don't you never stop being emo. You just get a haircut. Uh, <laughs> got a name drop, got a band <laughs> drop there. So. Yeah. Um, well, so Julie, before, before we get into that, I'm sorry, before we get into that, I kind of wanted to, to just learn a little bit more about you, Luke, as far as uh, your journey kind of to, to, to this, you introducing yourself as like a, uh, a diviner in, in, in counseling and stuff. But what uh, I, 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 th I think it's not very common that someone's born into that, like. You know, you know what? You're right. And and <laughs> thank you for pointing that out, Solomon. Uh, one big difference that I do want to point out was that I went straight for like what I do for work. That really doesn't have a whole lot to do with what I believe. Oh, that yeah. would be like saying like, oh, I'm an usher at this Baptist church. Like, okay, that's great. <laughs> mm, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's more performative rather than like, what are, you know, what is what's happening like on a deeper level. So right. my, my personal spiritual beliefs are I identify as a witch, as a green witch. Green okay. witches, uh, that specification just means that I use energies of the earth and okay. Uh, I use like crystals, animals, and plants mm. primarily in my work. And I'll make like bags for people, or I make like baths or tonics or, you know, things like that. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah, so primarily that's like where, um, yeah, how do you get into it was your question. Like, what's the, what's the like story here, right? Yeah. So for me, my, uh, I will say my family's kind of, not necessarily been like religious my whole life i've just always been spiritual my my parents were both um kind of like their own people like my mom's witchy leaning she very <laughs> she's very much like into angels and like fairies but she's also like 
she doesn't really like she has a witch bible which is cool um but she's she doesn't identify as that she would not say that she is a kitchen witch although in my head my opinion in my head like she's very much someone who like loves to make food for everyone else and just like is a feeder and make sure that her home is comfortable and warm and safe and uh so that's where like her magic comes from my dad is very much like uh like lutheran he's he's basically christian uh he's he's christian as it comes uh he's a boomer yeah. both, you know they both i'm sure they've had conversations about god but when they were raising their kids they mostly wanted us to be able to think for ourselves mm. and so when i finally had that independence of course from a like small kid i've always been fascinated in like magic um and you know grew up reading harry potter but it wasn't really until like i actually started working at uh, a local spiritual store here in san antonio mm. that i got more into it and it was during my college years when I was studying business, and I wasn't as interested in business as much as I was studying the occult. <laughs> so I ended up <laughs> learning and absorbing a lot more information there. And I've been studying it for about like, um, well, I would say I've been studying divination and the craft for about 10 years, like since right at the end of high school, I started okay. just learning about the cards. Um, the interesting thing about it was that like, which didn't come before the cards. The cards came to me first. Hmm. And they helped introduce me to the 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 five different elements of witchcraft you know the earth air fire water and spirit mm -hmm. so you you learn that template and then you kind of understand how to work with those energies mm. okay so okay. would you um i guess so the green witch earth energies creatures plants things like that um is it a thing where it's like a spirit of this thing like oh. is there a spirit of nature or is it more of a i use these elements to i don't know how to, how to say what i'm trying to say do you believe in kind of an, an animation to each thing or is it more of just an inanimate thing that helps you figure out stuff that you need to know um i definitely believe that there is like spirit present in every single living thing that we have to learn from on this earth i think that goes back to native beliefs i believe that uh, native people had it right when they learned the medicine of different animals they would study them they would learn more about their lifestyles and how they could integrate that into being a human and how that would benefit their experience you know how that would make their lives better or how they would tell stories about you know where they would meet the animals uh, they actually refer to many animals as like buffalo people mm, mm -hmm. so they're not like removed yeah. from us right they're also living people mm. Okay. And okay. for me, that's, that's, that's oh, resonated very truly for me as well. But I, I feel like it's not necessarily like an inanimate thing that I work with. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a constantly flowing energy. I mean, there's energy okay. in everything. Um, and just being able to think about the symbol of the dragon, for example, kind of conjures power, fire, fear, mm. those kinds of mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Uh, so, so I kind of, it's interesting you mentioned the, the uh, kind of a, a native aspect to that because uh, in researching for this a little bit and just kind of looking into some things, trying to define Wicca or witch or uh, paganism was a little <laughs> like nailing jello to a wall. It was just like, it, you know, you're, you're going to get it, it, a lot of the things I saw was like, you're going to get a hundred different answers from, you, you know, you ask any, any witch, any person practicing that you're going to get a different answer of what paganism is, what witchcraft is, what Wicca is, what any of these things are. And to be fair, if you ask, you know, a hundred different Christians, you might get this different things too, like Catholic, mm -hmm. Protestant, Baptist, mm -hmm. Lutheran, you know, Mormon, like, and we're all going to be called, be called Christian, but you know, what, 
what exactly does that mean more specifically, I guess, to you as far as like paganism and, and witch and, and these kinds of things? That's a really important observation, Solomon, because you're right. Like it does come down to subjective definitions, right? Yeah. Everybody has their own idea of what that spirituality is. Um, so I'm just going to talk about uh, a little bit of like foundation because there is a lot of like history behind uh, a lot of the things that you're looking into a definition for. And that's why it's kind of like muddled and hard to find. So let's go all the way back to like pre-Golden Dawn. And we're going to talk about Crowley. You guys mentioned him. Um, and Crowley is, I feel like he's like the Sigmund Freud of magic. Like <laughs> he just got enough right to where we have to credit him, but really he was kind of fucking crazy. Yeah. Say that? Sorry. Oh, you're <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he just wasn't like, he, there's some things that hit the mark and there were certain things that he, he did in terms of like correspondences and creating organizations that like that were sustainable you know things like that but also the guy was like they used lots of drugs and they used <laughs> lots of sex magic and it was very like appropriative so it's you know there's there's a lot to consider that goes into the creation of magic with a k he specifically added the k first of all okay. uh, it was the golden dawn era that was like oh that's not numerologically correct and we don't want to think that people are like thinking that we're like illusionists like stage performers so we're right, gonna change right. it we're doing ceremonial mm -hmm. magic proper magic with a k yeah <laughs> so we added the k in okay for mysticism reasons and numerological reasons and plenty of other correspondences they they okay. made it work um so after that the question that you asked about was like paganism in general so paganism has been around forever i mean people right. were pagan before they were christian uh right. the people of the earth literally all pagan means is just non-monotheistic mm -hmm. like lowercase pagan that's all that is right non-monotheistic so how would that be different than like polytheistic or like hindu or something you know would you consider hindu uh to be pagan or polytheistic to like or? a lowercase p yeah they are non-monotheistic okay so more polytheistic many, yeah many different gods Okay. And so that, so that's, yeah. Cause I think about that with like the Roman Stoics, like technically they were pagan, but I think that would be very different exactly. than what somebody today would consider themselves as a pagan. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So like pagan to me is very earth, like exactly. a big nature uh, yeah, aspect to it rather than just like a bunch of gods. It's like, mm -hmm. well, nature God kind of thing. And as far as natural things, go uh, uh, is paganism so it's kind of funny so anytime someone says like mother nature or uh the universe is angry with you it's like pagan, <laughs> pagan. <laughs> i mean that, yeah if like, they capitalize pagan, the universe right? or like, if they say things personifying, like mother, deifying mother nature. nature yeah yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> and that's the thing about being a witch so like uh this this leads really well into the next topic solomon on on what you're talking about like in rome so the word pagan actually comes from that time and it literally just means person who lived in the country right yes that's all it is right. just someone who wasn't a city dweller someone right. who lived in the hills and had probably knowledge right. about herbs and which mushrooms not to eat uh those kinds of things uh, so they were yeah. they were called pagans, right? Uh, and so you know when we when we ex when we see like throughout history like the rapid Christianization, 
we see that proselytization happening through the Roman Catholic mm -hmm. Church and the Empire, right? right. Uh, they mm -hmm. kind of demonized, they began to demonize pagans because mm -hmm. pagans had these other gods that went against their monotheistic beliefs. And so they created like, you know, they had it like be a heretical thing or blasphemous to even like have these beliefs or have these like idols and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so right. yeah, paganism has a very, very deep history and it really just means being connected with the earth. You guys touched on that pretty well. Okay. So one of the, one of the things that I've kind of, I mean, Solomon talked about this off, off podcast before, but one, one of the things where I think Christianity and paganism kind of have a, uh, commonality is in how do you fit what you believe into the modern world with modern sensibilities? So like. I think for both belief systems, the enlightenment was kind of a, a turning point as far as the world goes. Like when you have the enlightenment and you have this understanding of, of science and how things work and rationality and that kind of stuff, a lot of superstition starts to go out the window. So one, Christianity gets attacked, but also paganism gets attacked. And that's where you have people debunking mystics and debunking spiritualists and things like that. So yeah. how do you see your belief system in, in, uh, in the world we live in now and like the modern world with medicine and science and, and things like that? That's a really good question, Julian. Um, personally, I think anything that like I can't really explain is magic. I mean, a, a, an LCD screen, for example, it's like <laughs> what crushed crystals with like electricity running through right. it or something. Right. That's pretty magical. Yeah. Tablets and phones that we use to call each other and look at images on like an invisible series of tubes that flies through the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, pretty yeah. weird and magical. That's that's kind of what I was wondering. Like, you know, I think with Arthur Arthur C. Clarke who said magic is just science we don't understand yet, right? And then you even had Tesla talking about wireless communication when they're talking about phones and things, and it pretty much predicted the smartphone uh, back then. And that's crazy. Like back then, that was nuts. Like that's just insane. But it was magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's magic. But so in, in that sense, because there is this of course sort of. Uh, spirituality to paganism and, and witchcraft. So it's like, what's, but a, a scientist, you know, Tesla wouldn't, you know, I don't, I don't think, or Edison would have considered themselves in that regard as far as supernatural or anything. All these things can be broken down to the atoms basically. So what, mm. so what do you believe like in a supernatural that is not of, that is outside mm. of nature or that is outside of uh, our sort of plane of reality or, or universe or, is it all just kind of we were using we say like using uh energy from the earth and things it's like well all technology and science is manipulation of natural resources right and things Absolutely. so like wi-fi and, and all these kinds of things that can be broken down to the atoms and how it all works with natural elements of the world but none of that would be considered by the people technologists and engineers people as magic right it's yeah, just it's math. magic there's a math to it you can break it down and it works uh, so, like, what would be the dividing line, I guess, between that and, uh, like, ma magicians and Wiccans are not scientists, or it's not a science, I guess, is it? Or, like, what's... You know, that's a really interesting distinction, because I think that's another one of those things that's a little bit more subjective. Mm. Uh, me, personally, I had a very deeply instilled uh, trust and faith in science, because my mom is in the medical field. Okay. Uh, she has her doctorate in nursing uh so she's been pretty much educating herself like my whole entire life <laughs> and and i learned a lot about a lot of things from her in, in particular like about medicine and about like women's health not really things i need but that's what <laughs> she specialized in so those are the things that i know um 
the the thing is like for for me i think that magic is an alignment if we can see the things beneath like if we know that it comes down to quantum stuff and that even quantum stuff is still like we don't really know right then like that's where the magic lies you know that's where the the interest of uh everything sort of like comes together and brings our focus to that Hmm. um i think i also believe in the you know the idea that as a as a witch, I do want to make a distinction. So, uh, people sometimes will make the mistake of using witch and Wiccan interchangeably. It's okay. kind of like yeah, a I, I, I kind of want to clear that up too because I, I keep saying pagan and I keep saying Wiccan. It's like, well, I don't know if I'm using the right words or like what <laughs> you know. I don't want to uh, mischaracterize or misidentify anything. So, no, I'm totally yeah. happy to touch on that, and thank you for for that sensitivity. Um, so, so really, what it comes down to is kind of like a square and rectangle rule. If you'll imagine witchcraft as an umbrella spirituality, much like the umbrella spirituality of Christianity, mm. then you think of denominations off of that, right? So Wiccan is a denomination of witchcraft. Okay. Okay. It is a way of observing a set of beliefs through ritual practice. Mm. Okay. So kind of in the same way that if you asked a, a Catholic, a Baptist, and a Lutheran how they how they understand communion, and we'd all give kind of different answers. If I asked a Wiccan, a Pagan, and a uh, an occultist how they understand spells, I might get a different answer from each one. You would. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you most definitely would. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. That's, that's good. So uh, one thing I, I definitely wanted to, because in, in this attempt of, of having you on and having this conversation is, is an attempt to build bridges where there might be barriers, uh, just person-to-person communication kind of thing. So in that, what uh, what are some misconceptions that you've seen that Christians have, Christians specifically, as you've encountered them, as you've experienced uh, people who say they're Christian, uh, misconceptions that, that they might have of... Uh, witches that's a really interesting question um it's a hard question for me to answer because like i've lived in a lot of different places where people are sort of like intersectionally like religious like in laredo uh people are like christian but also they'll like go get their cards read like and and they're like catholic (laughs) or like and they also get like olympia every weekend like it's really like it's confusing um so so for me like i feel like there's no reason why there couldn't be harmony between them especially with the definition of uh which being what it is so Mm. i think that's one of the big things that people don't understand and i'm gonna kind of probably blow some of your your listeners minds here when i explain (laughs) that there can be christian witches i actually know many of them Um, you can believe in God as the higher power, and you can still draw energy from the earth and the things around you, and you can still choose to be a steward of the life that you're living, and the the organisms and the beauty and you know all of that. Still mm. connecting with nature in the same way, but seeing it more as like God's splendor and your kingdom, and this is like paradise. Mm. Right. That that might be a good uh, opportunity to kind of state where we're coming from uh, right. as Christians. You know, we say Christian, and of course that can mean whatever. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, Julie and I are pretty much aligned on pretty much everything. Um, maybe not, uh, well, yeah, some things. Maybe not the common Johannium, but uh, <laughs> I don't know of a different translational Bible thing <laughs> that we have, what should be in about canon issues. But um, 
so I, I would consider Catholicism mm, yeah. to be a uh, very much straying from Orthodox biblical Christianity uh, in the Day of the Dead, right. as far as speaking of the dead and speaking to the dead, praying to dead saints. Uh, I would say that that is a uh, non-Christian, non-biblical uh, thing to do, thing that's you know, uh, prohibited in the Bible, uh, I guess with the big difference. So I, I mentioned, I was talking about this with a bunch of friends, like Christian, everybody's a Christian, right? Everybody in Texas is a Christian. Like you just grew up and whatever you went to church. Yeah. And, and you have the walls full of crosses to prove it. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the bumper sticker, I got whatever. But, um, the big, a big different, different differentiator is, uh, the Bible. So mm-hmm. you say, I'm a Christian who believes the Bible is 100% true. It's like, oh, okay, now you're crazy. Like, that's... You're, Are you uh, sure about that, honey? Yeah, it's like, you're. that's weird. And so it's like, well, I don't know what else a Christian, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a thing. Um, yeah, so Julie and I both would would say that, would, would confess that we believe the Bible to be 100% true and to be the inspired word of God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's, as far as Christian, if, if paganism or, or, or which witchcraft uh contradicts anything because i've heard the same thing you'd be christian and buddhist right or like it's it's kind of a intersectional thing it's like well you know if if there's anything in buddhism or wicca that contradicts directly the scripture then that's then that would be okay you can't be christian and a witch right because you believe in two contradictory ideas at the same time right so yeah yeah and it's not see, yeah, as, especially like, especially as like yeah. you know from a biblical standpoint, absolutely. Right. <laughs> like if you're accepting the scripture, one hundred percent. I think it's important to look at the the bones beneath and to to bear the messages that that Jesus actually brought. I'm a very much a pro Jesus uh, pagan because I think it's amazing to learn from healers and teachers, and we all need more of them. Mm. So it's it's really interesting to me when you talk about how being in Laredo, how there you could be, you could go to mass and then go get your cards read, right? Yeah, I, I've always it. I've always had this idea that like uh, Catholicism fits in so well in Hispanic culture because mm-hmm. of the Hispanic religions that we had before the Catholics came over here, right? So yeah, Santeria and and Candomblé and Macumba, right. like it's, all I mean, it's shamanism. Just... It's and, and you know what is a, what is a priest if he's not a shaman, right? What I is a rosary if it's not a sex is on me when I had a. <laughs> With the egg, with the ojo. So make sure I didn't get ojo. So, you know, it's not it's not unusual. I I don't think that Catholicism and paganism kind of fit together because it, it is rituals and spells and and shamanism and and necromancy oh. and all those kind of things all together. And we love seeking out the expert, the saint, right? The one exactly, who's going right. to help us with that thing in particular. And the mm. thing, you know, where where me and Solomon would differentiate from pagans and Catholics is like he was saying on that idea of of the Bible as the um, infallible foundation of everything we believe, right? So we've had a Catholic on to debate that before, mm-hmm. where you know if you ask a Catholic, they definitely don't hold to that idea that it's Scripture above all else. It's Scripture plus the Church, or the Church tells you how Scripture should go. So you know when when we talk about that, I don't think it's super surprising that there is that element of like Hispanic faith is kind of a hodgepodge of Catholicism and also mm-hmm. Native mysticism. I think that's pretty congruent. Absolutely. And yeah, we just see that in history, you know, with Mestizo history and the uh, like Columbus and Cortes. Like yeah. it's just there's a lot of a, a lot of colonization mm-hmm. and it doesn't surprise me at all that there was syncretization of religions where you just kind of meld them together. Right. So it's interesting, too, what you said about Jesus, how you say that 
you know, you're very pro Jesus and you think it's important to learn from teachers and healers and stuff like that. Uh, so how would you see Jesus as a person? Would you see him in the same way that maybe we would see someone like Socrates or Marcus Aurelius, like somebody who was very smart and maybe we can learn something from him, but not necessarily a divine character with any kind of, you know, special privilege or anything like that? Cool question. Um, there is kind of a, a term that people use in the in the community nowadays, in the spiritual community. We call them ascended masters. Okay. Basically, what that means is that this is someone who is has has a has downloaded a higher level of consciousness mm. is more connected with the divine is someone right. who is more aligned with divine truth and divine will um and in my opinion that's sort of what jesus was obviously he was a mystic obviously he was a rabbi he was a teacher he was a healer um uh i, I think that's pretty much like how i see him like i don't i don't see him as not divine because i believe okay. that everything is divine i believe right. that consciousness is divinity so mm. even just being alive is a way of recognizing that there is divinity um because if you think about it the way that we would would define divinity perhaps as more of like a way 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 back before like even the concepts of like alphabets were around mm -hmm. we thought about what about higher powers right we thought mm -hmm. about you know how can i ask for more help how can I make this easier? Mm. So okay. divinity right. was defined as being all powerful and all knowing. Right. right, right. And in our consciousness, in our state of being, we are. We can do anything from any given moment to the next. Mm. We are all capable. Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not all knowing. Uh... I mean, I can't like summon a fireball, unfortunately. I right. would do really good DPS if I did. But... <laughs> So, okay, so you would believe in the idea of like a... I don't even know, like all-knowing, definitely limited in my knowledge. Um, yeah, so Christians, would, would, I think where we kind of like would, would kind of parallel with that would be the idea of being created in the image of God, right? Mm. So in that sense of like being, we are different from the animals in that we are created in the image of God. And I think in the biblical context of that in Genesis is that that is our dominion over the earth. And... So I, 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 that can be taken to mean, I think, and I think we do see that in our innovation and in our technology and in, in development of science and understanding the world, right? One of Adam's first jobs was to name all the animals. And so that's kind of a scientific mm -hmm. cataloging of, of things and uh, discovering the world. And, and I, I would say even science itself is only, is only possible because of logic and reason and that being because of God. And like I said, human consciousness, we don't, we cannot account for these things logic There's morality love so much that we can't quite explain in nature yeah like it's like what is conscious we don't even know like we don't we even don't know, know where this comes from. yeah so yeah and i you know of course i would say it comes from god and that and, and that's how we are creating the image of god but more specifically in our dominion over the earth and everything so but that does we are not god i would say or like there, there is that separation i guess that's that's the difference is that in in paganism we're all divine there is a there's a divine aspect to everything and and i think that's where we would diverge and say mm -hmm. that there is and that we all everything is created by god and, and he created it good like everything mm -hmm. you know he created the animals he created everything and it was good he said it was good right and so we created good job. yeah good <laughs> right job, <God. laughs> yeah and that's something too that i think uh kind of in a, a to separate also like from the gnostic idea of like everything physical and earthly and and body and flesh is bad and they're spiritual and there's the physical and they should be divided and they should be split and the spiritual is good and everything is earth of earth is bad i don't believe that i think uh jesus body body earth 
earthly body resurrected. I think our bodies will resurrect and there is something to that of our mm -hmm. flesh and bones, but, um, but we are also fallen and not all knowing, not divine. And out of that, we're not immortal or we're not uh, infinite. We are finite beings, right? Mm -hmm. We had a great oh, beginning. Yeah. God didn't. God is eternal. We're not. So there's a lot of differences there as far as especially human beings and God. There's a relationship there and in, in that in our creation and being created in the image of God. But there's a clear separation between the divine and the the natural man. So mm -hmm. just kind of one of those. And, and Jesus being the combination of both of those. So right. like I think Jesus being fully God, fully man, he had a divine nature, but mm -hmm. we don't. And so he would be like, I think that what person we're talking about that, that claimed to be God uh, was unique to him. You say like, as far as like his, his claims of, of uh, being God, well, that was special to him. And the, in the, and the Pharisees were, wanted to stone him for that. It was a, it was an odd thing. It was not a, it was oh, very yeah, weird. It was very, he died right. on the cross. Right. Cause he said, right. He died. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But I don't know. That's just one of those. Uh, like I think what you're saying about Jesus is like what you're saying is about everyone, where we all have a divine nature, and I think that's a, a differentiation between Christianity. Yeah, only like obviously, the, some average Joe is not as mystical and magical and divine as Jesus, right? <laughs> or, but we do or, have the ability uh -huh. to be as compassionate, to mm. be as good of a listener, to mm. be someone who can reach out and help others. We have the capacity to act on that consciousness, to act on that level of uh, love. Mm. Yeah, that's, love. that's something that's very interesting in that I would agree, but I don't, I, I haven't worked out exactly how that's the <laughs> case as far as, because people will say, well, Jesus did this, Jesus did that. And I said, well, he was God. I'm not. It's like, well, it, it does say that he did not use his power as God, right? There's something to be gained. Like that's, right. it, he didn't cheat. There's this idea in Christianity that, that Jesus didn't cheat in his <laughs> compassion and his love and his right. uh, devotion and things. And so it's like, so you, I would say you have that if Christ has regenerated you and that's a big topic too, kind of a getting into the weeds of Christianity too, of, of the fallen and the regenerate uh, nature of man. Um, but if we have been saved, we have been regenerated by God, then we do then have the Holy Spirit within us. And again, there's that kind of divine aspect to yeah. us. And I've right? always, I've always been more fascinated. Like when I did attend whatever church, you know, gatherings we would go to basically like Easter and Christmas, right. we would go yeah. to the masses and it was really only a certain time in my life because we had a good community at that church. Right. So I was exposed to Christianity. I, I did listen to it. I learned a lot about it. And when I, when I mostly listened to what I was always most fascinated by was the Holy spirit. I was always like, what's going on with that spirit? There's not much mention right. of that. And mm -hmm. I want to know how that connects everything else. Right. And that's sort of yeah. like what has sort of driven me to answer the questions that I have and mm. what, like, what is yeah. connection? How do you embody that connection? How mm. can we, how can we right. bring that out? How can we be more like the Holy spirit and recognize it in other people? Mm. So that's interesting. Right. That when we talk about that idea, like when you talk about Christ being an ascended master or that kind of idea, like you know, Christ consciousness, that he wasn't necessarily a special person, but he tapped into a special idea, right? Like mm -hmm. he, he realized his full potential as the son of God. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for, for us, we would also use the terminology of being sons and daughters of God in, in a different way. We talk about it as adoption, you know, being brought into the family <laughs> of God. Um, I guess, you know, for us, the difference is faith and regeneration, right? Like there's, there's a difference between being a son of God and being a, a son of the world is the idea of 
repentance, faith, and regeneration, right? The Holy Spirit, again, talking about that, works in you to bring you to a saving faith and then carries you through through uh, sanctification to become a, a new creature, right? If any man is in Christ, there's therefore now no condemnation. He's a new creature. The old has passed away. The new has come. Uh, from your perspective, what would you say separates somebody from being an ascended master to just being me or Solomon? Hmm. Um, that's a really interesting question. I wish I could say I was more of an expert on that. Um, <laughs> maybe it has to do with capacity. Maybe it has to do with how much you understand your own personal truth to be able to accept at that potential for yourself. Um, but also to be able to use your own words, Julian, to let the Holy Spirit move through you in that way. You mm. have to have a certain amount of faith to be able to execute such miracles like Jesus did. Wait a minute. Are you Pentecostal? Dude, this is getting, this is getting <laughs> a little bit. I'll bring out my snake in just a minute. <laughs> so, okay, right. This Really fascinating. I, I, I like how you, because I, you know, I'm, let's, full disclosure, we don't know each other. Like, this is the first time we've really had. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. really the good conversation. It's really yeah. nice to meet you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, you know, sight unseen. <laughs> yeah. It's really helpful. Uh, how would you view something like the Bible, right? Because obviously, me and Solomon would view it as the inspired word of God handed down to us as a guide in godliness and life. How, how would you view something like the Bible? I've always sort of viewed it as very dense. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it's a hard yeah. read. It's a hard read for sure. Um, I don't. Um, I haven't made my way through it. I've mm -hmm. read passages. I know some of it. Um, I've read some of them for weddings. Um, but honestly, I I don't. I'm not as well rounded in it. I'm not. A, I'm not much of a uh, an academic when it comes to studying the Bible. Right. So for me, I see it as an old book. Okay. I see it as something that was written by men back in the day um, and translated many, many times mm -hmm. about the stories and about the lessons behind those stories. Hmm. That's, you know, I don't think that's far off from how a lot of American Christians would see the Bible if, if we asked them. Right. That's pretty, pretty yeah. common. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair. That's definitely... Um, Man, yeah, the Bible is is definitely. I mean, it's everything. Everything comes back down to it, and it is that sort of anchor that we can tell right from wrong. So everything, it, it's an absolute truth, which we know exists because we can't say it doesn't exist without making an absolute truth statement, right? Like, oh, there, there are no absolutes. Oh, you sure? Absolutely, right? <laughs> you know. Right. So we know that that not everything is subject. We have subjective perspectives and, and opinions and things because we are all different people. But um, right. there is an objective truth, and that's what drives science and reason and, and, and logic and everything. But um, yeah, so that's it's kind of like um, uh, the the string on a kite that keeps it up, right? Like it's tethered down, so you see it as like a restricting thing but it's like well it's the only way the kite can fly it's the only way that has that, that gives that kind of liberty to it otherwise you cut that string and it hits the ground immediately yeah um, and so lots to be said for you know how the bible did benefit so many people for thousands of years and there's still great stories in there there's still really wonderful things to learn um in in its scripture so i right. think that it's really important to look at it as something that is you know worthy of that reverence mm. um and that is worthy of looking into on a deeper level mm. um i personally like like i said I, i've tried to make my way through it and I, I i just think it's really like i think it's it's hard for me to do that because um mostly there's just this disconnect of 
there's so much being told to me what I should and shouldn't do. And you mentioned Solomon, objective truth. I don't like the idea that objective truth is being handed to me in a book. Mm. I don't like the idea that objective truth are questions that have been answered and already written. Mm. I believe that we are called to science. We're called to answer these questions because we still don't know. Right. And that's what the Bible was. It was an answer to so many things that we didn't know Mm. for so long and still is. Yeah. So is that, so is it just a preference thing then as far as like that? You say, I don't, I don't like the idea of objective truth. Um, (laughs) So is it just, is it just like, why? Okay. Well that, you know, I don't like one thing, but it's like, well, that doesn't negate the existence of it or the the validity of that, of that truth. Is that so not a preference or is that um, an actual thing? You know what I mean? I think it's my own. I think it's my own personal preference. I think it's my own personal barriers um, because I even before I was actually like I've always defined myself as spiritual. But in high school, I also called myself agnostic. Mm. I didn't really Mm. know. I was I was just kind of like, whatever. I don't know. I don't have the time to figure that out. I have too many AP classes right now. (laughs) Right. uh, All of us, you know, us included. We all grow up with, especially if you grew up in church, you have baggage and scars from where you came from, right? It, you know, we all have uh, one of the one of the difficult truths about Christianity is that idea that like, well, all Christians are hypocrites, and if you know, you ask us, it's like, well, yeah, because we're all sinners. That's how this works. Like, yeah, damage people, damage people. There's no way around that. So there's going to be scars yeah. and baggage and things that you carry from that. Yeah, uh, and that's a very deep wound, right? And it's it's hard yeah. to heal. Sometimes it never does. It's it's very difficult. So, you know, I've, I've had a lot of sympathy lately for people who have kind of left that behind in, in some sense, who have said, you know, this isn't for me or what I've gone through tells me this can't be true. And like, I understand that on, on some level. I get that. Um, where, where it gets weird is this idea of, you know, we've talked about before with, with people who maybe don't have any kind of spirituality, but are atheistic, that there's still this pull to be good quote unquote, right? Like, you know, even in your practice, when you, when you do divination, you're trying to help people find answers, right? You're looking for a a solution for what they're trying to get to. So there's that pull that we all have that we would call the, you know, it's the image of God coming out in us. You can't help but image God because that's what you were made to be. You want to do, you want to, want to treat people properly. Yeah. The Toltecs view that as an agreement to always do your best. Mm. So how would, um, I guess in, in, in your, from your perspective, how would you define your best you know like in christianity we have the concept of christ-likeness right like that's the model paul the apostle paul says model me as i model christ right it's that example of always striving after christ the 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 term christian means little christ like that's where it comes from it's the idea of trying to be a christian so for you what's that what's that ideal for humanity what's that thing we're striving to be uh the word that always comes to mind or that first came to mind was harmonious um, I, I, I would love a more harmonious experience with other humans, with yeah. other organisms, with the earth itself, <laughs> with the energies that are present here, because it's pretty amazing. Like we have a lot of really, really beautiful, wonderful things to experience yeah. and to, to treasure here, right. you know, and, and so many things that we don't even know, like we yeah. don't know what we don't know as well. And that's why I think like, it's really important to personally create sustainable uh, systems and communities that can really, really like help each other out that actually practice deep listening and compassion and help you figure out whatever your wounds are. Right. To help you tend to them. Right. Right. We have some commonality there. I think one of the problems in, in, 
Christianity for like Solomon made the joke earlier, you know, it's like Mother Earth or whatever. It's like, oh, that's pagan. But like mm -hmm. the idea of like environmentalism, like, you know, I wouldn't call myself an environmentalist, but I would say, you know, maybe we should take more care of nature than we do. Right. Like, you know, I might not call myself a humanist, but I would say maybe there's something to like finding a commonality with people and helping them where they are. Right. Um, but again, when when we when we talk about that, it's that idea of uh, godliness. Right. Like the, the whole idea of we love him because he first loved us, like the love of God radiates through us because he loved us first. It, you know, yeah. be merciful because you've been given mercy. Um, yeah. And it all kind of comes down to that objective view. And I know it's hard in, in kind of the pagan occultic circles. There's no real definite answers, right? There's no hard truths of like, this is our our divine text that we take our understanding from. So it, Not so much. Of, but I can say like along those same lines of lineage and, and, and pedigree, in that same way that, you know, God has created you and you are blessed in his image to live this life, I would say that many pagans and many witches believe that the ancestors lived their lives and mm. their sorrows and their fears for us to have this life. Mm. Yeah. So it's the same kind of impetus. It's the same kind of like pressure to, well, not pressure, but, you know, to be good, to, to do the right yeah. thing, to carry on a good lineage, to carry on your legacy of compassion, love, all that. I love this comment. <laughs> it's off topic, but it's so good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So with that, I, I wanted to ask too, like uh, kind of a question as far as, because uh, a lot of things you're saying, I, I honestly hear a lot of uh, non-spiritual, non-religious, atheistic thinking people say as far as um, do what thou will, you know, hurt, hurt, no, no, hurt no other, like, and mm -hmm. do good and help people and, and, and find your truth and stuff. And so I'm trying to differentiate between paganism and atheism in as far as everything comes kind of down back to the created thing, the, the world, the nature, the universe. And it's kind of, there, there's a power in that, which I, I think an atheist would also say as well. And that we have this consciousness and morality to kind of quite explain it. Um, I think it seems like pagan paganism makes more of an attempt to explain it, but it's still kind of at that created world level of, of the universe and everything there. So what would you say is the difference between um, an atheist and a, and a pagan in, in that like the, the nature, the natural thing is kind of where it, it all culminates. Um, what's yeah. the, what the difference between atheist and like pagan? Um, this is a good question for me because not even a few years ago, I used to live with two atheists. Mm. So, uh, and, and that was kind of like when I was starting my own practice and finishing school. So it's been, uh, it kind of a, a good question for me to answer. Yeah. Um, I can say from my experience with other atheists that you're right, Solomon, it tends to intersect on the natural realm. Mm. It tends to intersect with the idea of, well, we don't know what there isn't. So I'm just going to ignore the divine. I'm going to ignore the spiritual anything. And I'm just going to focus on the physical. I'm going to focus mm -hmm. on the physical and the mental. And hopefully if they're awakened enough, maybe of the emotional body too, that'd be good, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, so in my experience, pagans, the difference there would be that we apply a spiritual lens to it. We understand that we're seeing this thing for a reason. We don't necessarily immediately connect it to a deity sometimes we have to do some research before we figure that out sometimes we got to do a little bit of digging to find out what that symbol might mean if it's come up for us yeah um, but whereas an atheist might just be like ah i think it's the, the difference is that 
the belief in coincidences. Many people say oh. like, oh, that's so interesting. What an interesting coincidence. Mm-hmm. But you've also yeah. heard probably New Ager saying something like, what an interesting synchronous moment. Mm. <laughs> or heard the, mo- okay. the word like synchronicity. Right. Yeah. Right. Everything is connected and happens for a reason at the right time. Well, Christians would also believe in, in God's timing and God's will, right? Right. As right. it is meant to happen in that way. And when right. those things overlap and align, I think that being able to see it as like a master plan, like, ah, mm-hmm. this is how it was meant to be connected, right? Mm-hmm. The faith there, the 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 leap into faith uh, that we would both have as like as witches and as Christians would mm-hmm. be the idea that it wasn't just our doing. There was something underneath the surface that helped us get to that point. Mm. Right. Atheists don't allow themselves to see those things. They don't view the spiritual. They don't mm. ask those questions. They just look for the science and the region, reason and the logic, mm. the laws. Yeah. Right. That That's really interesting. Cause that's yeah. one thing I did want to uh, touch on. I, I know your practice is a little, a little different. It's more of the helping you find the solutions that you need at that time. Uh, but one one of the the dichotomies, and it's often an, an atheist jab, is like, what's the difference between a prayer and a spell, right? Hmm. So you know, we obviously have a you know full disclosure. You know, we're we're reformed people, so we're Calvinists. We believe a little bit different than maybe some other Christians might about the sovereignty of God and the will of God and what yeah. prayer does. Uh, so personally, for for me, prayer is not so much me invoking God to do something for me, but it's it's more of the um, the communion with God, the, the more of aligning me to his will so much. N- nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Not do this for me because I need it, but yeah, God, get me to a place where I accept your will for what it is. We love that, don't we? We love that instant gratification. And if right. we have a big like sky daddy we can ask, we'll do right. it. And, you know, the and I think Santa Claus, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to some extent, right. that atheist barb is fair. Like there is a lot of people who view God as a genie in the sky that's waiting to grant our wishes. Yeah. Uh, so, so when you do commune with the, the spirits in nature, however you may view them, do, do you see that as you coming into harmony with them, or are you maybe asking them to move in a way that you would appreciate? Or you know, how does that work? That's a good question too, um, because I I don't have a coven. I don't work with other witches in my practice. My, okay. I consider my practice to be solitary. Mm. Um, I like to do my own thing because I'm good at listening to my intuition. I'm mm. good at listening to my gut. I know what I need in that moment. And if I just don't overthink it and just do what I need to do, then that can be a spell, you know, with the right intention. Uh, so I think, uh, sorry, remind me of your question, Julian. I was giving you context. <laughs> when you, when you, uh, no, it's okay. I appreciate that. And intuition is interesting because what you're, what you're saying doesn't sound so fringy. It sounds very mainstream. Uh, but that idea of when you commune with the spirits, are you more getting in line with what they desire or are you kind of asking them to move in for you, for what you would desire? Is it who's in control? I think that's a really beautiful question because I think it's a bit of both. Mm. I think the fact that we have to ask, is it one or the other? Well, it could be both. It could be that we are aligning with these deities. We are aligning with these divine consciousnesses in order to enact their will, but also we are looking to them to learn from, to adapt, to be like them in some way. That's typically how I view my practice. I like to uh, to reach out and to ask for guidance and for messages from certain powers that be, certain deities, certain entities, because I know that I will receive the right message at the right time. Mm. It doesn't have to do with asking them for favors. I don't like to do that. That's not my favorite thing to do. I don't like to ask for things. I just want to say, look how great you are. Mm. Thank you so much for being around. Like, And then just letting them exist in my life mm. as as a state of just being there. Mm. 
It's so, more about having a relationship to me because it's okay. not so much just asking for things. It's giving mm. and being given. Mm. Uh, man, this sounds very mainstream American Christianity. I'm not going to lie. Like that whole <laughs> idea of like, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And I'm not asking, you know, we're just getting communion. That, that sounds like, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a mega church. It's the same kind of idea, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you, because we talked about this a little bit too off podcast. So, you know, biblically speaking, uh, when we, when we look at the Bible and how it talks about the creator and the created thing, there's kind of a different, there's obviously a differentiation made between the two, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Even in the book of Hebrews, it goes into a whole diatribe about how Christ is so much higher than the prophets and the angels and everything that is in, uh, in Romans, it talks about how, you know, the, the, the pagan at the time, which, you know, in the Roman context, like you said, the people who live outside the city, the, the people who aren't necessarily the, you know, uh, they exchange the truth for a lie and worship the created thing rather than the creator. What, what I'm curious about is, do you see a creator? Is, is the universe kind of self-existing or is there something beyond that made all of this and this is here for a reason and a purpose? What do you believe in evolution or the kind of like the... Not, yeah. Those are big questions. Um, I will say I, I definitely put faith in two different spheres entirely. I will say that a lot of my faith and my personal practice and my personal belief is affected right here and right now. I, I believe that it's more important to give my attention to the earth, to be part of this experience, to be here right now, to have these conversations, to have the relationships that I'm having, to set down the boundaries that I'm having. Like that's to me, that's what's important. Mm. But then you think about like, is there a bigger picture? Like is the universe somehow like, is there predestination? Uh, is uh, there are lots of points in science that are telling us this is very likely a simulation. Mm. And what mm. is simulation besides already being on a train track going to that destination, yeah. right? You just kind of get to experience right. the ride. Right. Mm. Yeah, Julian and I, being predestination. Yeah. Yeah, Julian and I would, uh, and this is where, again, you're, you're pointing out all the way me and Julian did not agree with traditional Christianity, <laughs> a lot of Christianity. <laughs> so, uh, which we under, which we totally know, which we're kind of take pride in, uh, <laughs> as far as that. Um, and one of those would be that the, the predestination of God's will and, and, and everything happening for his purposes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he's not interacting with us. He's, he, he knows the ending cause he's written it and, and he's beginning in the end and all that. Um, but it, according to his purposes, he's the author of of this this reality in this universe. Um, so yeah, we would definitely believe in that 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 God ha nothing happens outside of His will, right? And everything that happens is according to His purpose. We may not ever know them. Sometimes we're we're lucky enough to be shown or, or something like that. Uh, but we can, and and that's something that we can take have faith in and that faith and not necessarily like a blind leap of I don't understand I'm just gonna leap out and believe it but something that that we actually know and can have a certainty of right so like a lot of Christians if you ask uh, do you know that there is a God they say well no I have faith or I believe that there's a God right I don't think that's a very biblical answer I think the more biblical answer is that, that we have a uh, revelatory epistemology as far as like what we understand uh we've been revealed to us right i know that there's a god because he has revealed himself to me and i say that to people and they think it's kind of whoa that's really weird and like spiritual and like uh kind well, of it, it gives me this image of you know 
being able to view the potential in something, not just necessarily accepting the mountain as a mountain, but also knowing that from its peak, there's a beautiful view mm. without right. ever having traversed it. Mm. And that, mm, you know, okay. there is that yeah. in life. You, you know, know that. No, right. You right. know that. You know that without a doubt. Right. That's but you haven't been there. You haven't seen right. that. Hmm. So yeah. one of the, maybe the, the other side of, of, occultism or, or, or witchcraft is the idea of black magic, dark magic spells, you know, curses, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think for most Christians, when they think about witches, that's what they picture, you know, somebody. Oh, yeah, evil for sure. Alpha. And that's what pop culture yeah. tells us. Like witchcraft right. is just bitchcraft. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask a question in faith because I don't know if you've ever seen it, but are you familiar with a, a Christian music singer named Carmen? No, I'm not. Okay. He has a song called A Witness Invitation that is it's it's a fictional story about him going to meet with a, a warlock. And it's just the most sinister cartoon version of a, a, a practitioner of magic you've ever imagined in your life. Like he has we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And <laughs> <laughs> it's what I imagine people like coming to get a reading think it is. I, yeah, I, they're I, like scared about it. You know, they're like, I don't want to go into that like little tent so he can read his crystal ball and tell me my future like i'm not interested yeah. so what so what that's an interesting question for like where is that wrong like if everything's subjective and everything everybody's kind of doing their own thing if alistair crowley was wrong and you're saying he was just kind of nuts like why was that not would you consider alistair crowley a true like a tried and true uh witch and like a, a practicing witchcraft or it, I guess, like, why or why not, kind of. I'm pretty sure he didn't define himself as a witch. Mm. I'm pretty sure he defined himself as a, an occultist, because okay. that's very that's likely the, the, the. Can you explain the difference between occult, like, occultism and absolutely. like? Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. so being able to, especially during his day, like during the 1800s, uh, it was absolutely fashionable to do spiritual things. Right but not to talk about spiritual beliefs. Mm -hmm. So he created a society, the Golden Dawn, right. to specifically be able to talk about magic and spiritual things and what you believe in. And a lot of his foundations for that were based on his experiences using psychedelics and different like yeah. medicines and different things. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so there is validity to it. It's not like he was wrong. It was like he was Freud though. Like he got just yeah. enough right to where we have to credit him. Like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, that's kind of yeah. what magic is about. Mm -hmm. um, but during that time, it was like, you know, during the 1800s to give you some context, Alistair Crowley was an occultist, not a witch because he would still be like outcast for calling himself a witch. He right. might've even like, he probably never used that word because it just wasn't a way that people described themselves. He studied high magic and probably considered himself an academic or an occultist mm. or a thelemite. So he, because he, was like the, <laughs> he was kicked out of the order of the, of the golden dawn, right? Because of that, because yes. they saw him like, Hey, you're doing like black magic. So where it's interesting because I'm, I'm getting this, like just where I can put that kind of in my world is, elements of like Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness or Catholicism where they would call themselves these things, but very much not, not a, I would not consider a Mormon a Christian. I would not consider a Jehovah's Witness a Christian. And to some extent, I would not consider a Catholic uh, to, 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 to its full dogmatic belief in faith and in subscription to it. I would yeah. say it is not Christian. 
but the thing that I can point to is the Bible as that anchor of like you're straying from the orthodox of what this says. Like this that's says what, that's, no that's other handy God. to have as an and, objective truth to be right. like, hey, you're not following <laughs> what would, what would this. Right. So what would that be in, in Wicca as far as like, okay, Alistair Crowley, you're diverging from right. what is, and, and that's what's hard is that is, is he actually diverging or is he tapping into another aspect of a witchcraft that is uh, occultic and black magic and kind of dark? And is that not valid or is that mis, uh, misused? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly that, misunderstood like, it's just and misused. Like, it's like I use a hammer to build a house. I can use a hammer to build a house and somebody, or I can use to kill somebody. Both of those are valid uses of a hammer, right? Right. But if I kill someone with a hammer, I can't say, well, he didn't use a hammer. So he did, but he used it this way. So is it, is, can magic and those things kind of be used as far as like, well, he was doing magic. He was just doing it very evil or or something, or was he just not even valid at all? Like, Absolutely. What was that? And I, I think it's also important to realize that one of the ascriptions of being a witch or being a pagan is that we don't just work with love and light. Like we're not just all like compassion and hugs and trees and animals. We also work yeah. with dark energies. We have to kill some aspects okay. of ourselves off sometimes if we need to move on in life. Mm. And sometimes mm. that means calling on a deity of death to help us do that. Yeah. We work with the darker energies because it helps us stay balanced. You can't just constantly be striving towards the light. It's like a tree without a root system. Mm. Mm. So it's interesting to hear you talk like that because there's, there's similarities and there's differences. You know, when we talk about Christianity, there's that idea of if Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me daily. That idea of dying to self, right? Paul talks about I've been crucified with Christ and yet I live, not me, but Christ within me. But we would differentiate in that we don't, we wouldn't say we tap into the darker elements to to crucify the self, rather all to God. You know, uh, in in, uh, the book of John, it talks about how the light came into the world and the world hated the light because it knew that if it came to the light, its deeds would be exposed. So it loved the darkness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting dichotomy between us is that we both see a need to die to self, but one through dark matter and one through the purity of of the gospel. I mean, you could also do it with like white light and love and cleansing and selenite crystals. And, (laughs) you know, like there's, there's absolutely ways to work with that light energy, but I think it's, 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 it's pointed to note that witches take on the responsibility of keeping the natural balance. Mm. And sometimes that means throwing someone else off of their game. If someone is doing more mm. harm than good, there is a spell in a normal school of witchcraft, if you will, kind of like divination, a school of magic called binding, right. where you just stop that person mm. from hurting themselves and everyone around them. That's very gray because mm. it denies free will, but it's doing mm. more good than it is harm to do that spell. Mm. It, man, it's so funny because these terms, like when we talk about binding or we talk about, you know, it, there's there's some similarities in some sense like there's a there's a that idea of you know paul talks about how uh and in the old testament it talks about you know purging the evil from among you like there's a, there's a point where someone has gone so far to the to the the sin that there's no redemption left to be had like uh in hebrews it talks about how uh esau sought redemption but couldn't find it and he sought it with tears but it was too you know it was too far gone it was away and yeah. you know we when we talk about election we talk about how salvation is not up to man paul uses the terminology it's not to him who wills or to him who runs it's not your effort or your desire but to god who has mercy 
Right. What's interesting to me is when we talk about these things in these different spheres, um, do you guys kind of see it as, as you taking the action? Because we would see it as God taking the action. So the person who stopped where they are would be because God put an end to it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think that's that's where witches differentiate as well because for I'm not going to say for you, but I think for general in general like Christians would pray for something to happen or they would ask maybe their angels to to look, look over someone or protect someone or to help them, right? That's a pretty normal thing to ask. But for us, we're a little bit more involved, I think, with those energies, with those aspects. We will allow ourselves to to tap into that energy to specifically do enact what will we know needs to be done if we are aligning ourselves that's what i truly believe magic is it's alignment when we put all the things in the right place at the right time alchemy whatever you want to define it as when you finally put it all together and you make sense of a thing and then you actually allow your subconscious to process that in that space that's magic you are setting a goal you're making a thing happen to project that goal into the future. And then as you continue to think about it, as you work around the energies of that spell, whatever you've done, then it happens. It's like planting a seed. Right. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. so would that be as far as like wanting to change something about yourself or like, like some kind of concept of sin? Like I keep doing this, I keep hurting people. I keep lying. I keep whatever. And that, would that be a way to kind of change that about yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of okay. witches use their magic for good, you know, for changing themselves and helping other people around them. Um, I think the vast majority of people are good, but I think that once they taste that power, as you were saying, Julian, like once you go too far, like you're irredeemable. Mm. There's really, there's not right. much you can do to get back from that darkness. It's all, if all you've done is tunnel. Mm. Yeah. And if you have that, if you have that autonomy, then it is up to you to either use these things, use these forces and energies for good. And then you say, wow, this is pretty effective. Hmm. I kind of want that. Let me, and, that, uh, and then that, it turns selfish and things. And that's yeah. exactly why I believe that divinity, divinity is consciousness because choice is sacred. Everything that we choose to do has intention behind it, whether or not we allow that, that, it to be that, that, like, yeah. present you know or allow ourselves to make that conscious decision right that that is interesting about choice choice being sacred because I, I would i would say i would believe that like actually too and and that choice i think again belongs to god and that differentiation between man and god and in that humans not having that full autonomy in our finite beings in our finite uh i would, I would say dead uh, dead in our sins, you know, state we're, we're born with a sin nature dead. And then we have, our, we can only please the body. We can only do things like you're to presented flesh. with choices. Like it's like the illusion of choice. Like it's not really going to make a difference in the <laughs> end, but you can choose. Well, I mean, we do make choices as far as that. Cause like, cause I, I think the Bible talks about free will and, but also it talks about God's will and God's sovereignty over everything. Like we talked about before his, his sovereignty and dominion over everything, including our destinies, our will, you know, things that happen in our life and, and no matter what we choose. And in our finiteness, we are given the semblance of choice as far as like, well, I don't know what God's ultimate will is for this. I know he's going to be in either side of this. So, and I, I think that's also where the Holy spirit comes in too, is mm -hmm. that, that intuition, that spirit thing of like, I, look, this is, I, I feel like this is being pointed there. And I think that is something that Christians don't tap into 
enough, what you're talking about the Holy Spirit in, when you were in church, not getting talked about a lot. That's, that's that, honestly, that's probably the biggest insight, like one of the biggest insights from these conversations as far as your uh, community in church and uh, that not being talked about, because I do see that. Like where there's this book called The Forgotten God and like there's another book called The Forgotten Trinity. He, like that is a person of the triune God that is not talked about nearly enough because I think it is this weird, we don't really understand it. We don't really, we can get God the Father, we can get Jesus and like those are a little bit more Holy Spirit, like, what, what is, you know, it? what does it look like? Yeah. And and it's interesting because like Jehovah's Witness would not believe that the Holy Spirit is God or we would. We would believe that he is the third person of the Trinity of but but God. Uh, they believe it more as an active force. And that kind of sounds like what you're talking about is like things are moving and it's like the Star Wars force <laughs> kind of thing. But but kind again, of. so so there's that. And so that's where I could I could point to the Jehovah's Witness and say, you know, that's that's diverging from what the Holy Spirit is, because we know from Scripture what that is. Uh, and, and as far as like the Holy Spirit, um, when 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 Jesus was resurrected and he was leaving, he said, I'm going to send the helper. Right. And to be with you forever. Uh, the spirit of truth. Right. And uh, he, he will come to you. And so it's that ex exchange of Christ dying for us and then the Holy Spirit being that down payment for us and for our future resurrection. Um, in uh, John 14, 15 says, uh, or in 25, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to, to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. So that's that Holy Spirit is that peace thing, and that's something we can kind of hold on to that becomes, that indwells in us. There's no more temple, right, in the Ju Judaism. Yeah. of That's where the Spirit dwelled, in the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies. But now we're the temple, we're the body, and so the Holy Spirit indwells in us Christians, right? And I, I think Perhaps that would that be the kind of exclusion. Perhaps that's yeah. what gives us the choice, you know, the fact that we do right. have that, right. that spirit within and, us that you allows know, just, us to make well, decisions. And that, and that's that kind of exclusive aspect i know it's kind of you know <laughs> weird to say like well christians are indwelt with the holy spirit <laughs> people are not right we're like we're uh, we were born in the sin nature and then by the regeneration of right. god through christ we become adopted into his family and then we're given the holy spirit right you know to talk about choice i think when we when we dig a little deeper the problem's not so much choice but nature right so when when we look at it when you know uh in, in uh before before right. Israel's about to go into the promised land, Joshua stands up before them and he says, you know, today I give you a choice, you know, uh, life and death. They're, they're your choice to make. He wasn't presenting them with a choice that they didn't have. He was saying, choose this or choose that, right? You can either serve God or like your ancestors, you can die in the wilderness. The problem wasn't that they didn't have the option. The problem would be their nature is what we would say. So, uh, you know, in, in the Bible says, if anyone sins, he's a slave to sin, right? But if anyone's in Christ, he's a slave to Christ. So the, the nature becomes a problem. So uh, the analogy Solomon's used a bunch of times is the idea that if, if you had a dead carcass and a, and a basket of carrots and you put him before a vulture, he's going to take the dead carcass every time. The problem is not that he doesn't have an option. The problem is that his nature is that he, that's what he wants naturally. So we would yeah. say, you know, we're not good naturally. Our, our inclination is to go towards sin and evil and darkness. That's what we want. Uh, what what Christians have the benefit, the grace that we have, which again the grace is the idea that God 
transforms our nature and gives us a new heart. He takes out that heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh so that not only do we choose to do right, but we, we strive to do right. We want to do right. That desire is new within us. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, that it, it's a little bit different from where you're at, but, uh, you know, I, it, interesting thing. Um, I did want to ask about drug use. So, like I said, you know, my, my kind of knowledge of magic is Grant Morrison and Alan Moore. So, uh, drug use is, is a big part of that kind of idea. Of, and even when we talk about the New Testament, the word for sorcery is pharmakia, right? And pharmakia is, is just knowledge of herbs. Right, exactly. It's not, it's not yeah. strictly, you know, uh, rituals. It's also herbalism and drug use and things like that. Uh, how, how would drug use play into maybe something that you do would you do you subscribe to that i know it's an aspect of paganism and there is that idea of like ayahuasca and the idea yeah. of uh, mushrooms and things like that H- right. how would you view something like that um i again have done a lot of root work on this i've done a lot of like research and consideration i consider myself a very mindful person sorry my cat she's it's okay on. She's like, oh no <laughs> um, she just really wants to cuddle um so oh. i i personally um Oh God! Now I just forgot your question. Uh, drug use. How you view <laughs> drug use as an as- aspect of magic? Okay, so I believe uh, more on the native level that everything that is provided by the earth can be used as medicine. It can mm. help us mm. uplift mm. our consciousness. It can help us break through barriers. It can help us connect more with the divine or aspects of ourselves or our potential. Mm. Uh, awaken ourselves. Connect with animals. Connect with other people. I mean, there's so many different things that medicines of the earth can help us do. Right? Uh, right. Plants are those medicines i believe uh i think it's really important to be mindful of how you use anything from the earth and to have like a space set up and to uh to really revere and be grateful for the experience going Mm. in um but i i think it's a pretty common thing nowadays that people use like psychedelics and psychotropics to sort of like trip out and have spiritual experiences right (laughs) Right. like you just take enough acid and have a spiritual experience right That's yeah. not exactly how I would say that it works. I, I want to push you a. With... I want to push you a little bit on that because you say, uh, it's a Native American idea that too, the idea of gratefulness, right? Like to be grateful for the thing that you have and that you can tap into this other thing. Who does that gratefulness go towards? Like, what? Who are you grateful to? Ah, well, I don't think it's a who as much as it is all. Uh, hmm. You can be grateful for the moment. You can be grateful for your body to be able to smell the flower. You can be grateful for the flower that it has grown there. You can be grateful for your feet to have taken you to that spot. You can be hmm. grateful to God for having planted the seed or for creating hmm. it. Hmm. You, there's there's no limit to gratitude. I think that's there's not like a, a two option when it comes to expressing that gratitude. It's not hmm. like you're sending an email. It's more of just a feeling that you're having a connection yeah. a moment with the universe with god with the divine with all that is however you want to define that right so do you know about grant morrison um a <laughs> little bit that's cool are, are that's you a, are you a comic, comic book guy at all <laughs> um i would say i'm a little bit familiar i wouldn't okay. say i'm like super familiar but i'm a little <laughs> bit familiar yeah julie and i worked at a comic book store here in town and, Which one? Uh, because I used to work next next to Gothic Gotham Newsstand. That's oh, no, okay. Is. We worked at uh, Heroes and Fantasies. Oh, great. Okay. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're definitely we, we're big fans of of Grant Morrison, and as we learn more about him and the sigil magic, like whoa, this guy's nuts, and like he put himself into the comic and like healed yeah. himself of a of a uh, what was it a tumor or something by he giving had, the- he had like necrotizing fasciitis, and he says that he 
wrote himself better and then he got better. So <laughs> well, you know, sounds like magic to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, cool. Luke, uh, I don't want to, I want to be respectful of your time and, and, you know, it's getting kind of late, so I don't want to, uh, I don't know if you got to work tomorrow or something, but, um, thanks for talking with us. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say or comment on or, or just kind of let us know as Christians and talking to a witch and just, Hey, I want this to be known and, you know, <laughs> out there, is there anything, uh, else like that or. I feel like this conversation did a pretty good job of conveying <laughs> pretty much like everything I would want you guys to have like learned. Uh, mostly what I'm hoping is that you just come out with a higher understanding. You know, again, one of the most important right. things for me, the potential that I see myself becoming is help the world become more harmonious. And I think that this is one of those conversations that will do that. Right. I think I we, we talk about like, uh, being divided and how how we're so politically divided, culturally divided, all these things, and I think we've been more divided as 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 people, as humans, and as Americans and whatever. But I think the problem we have is a communication issue, right? With mm -hmm. social media, primarily of just kind of these in culture. We watch TV. I don't know how many people think Ned Flanders is a Christian, <laughs> you know, because I don't, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, or that. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is witchcraft or something, you know what I mean? So it's right. like, okay, we get all these misconceptions and to actually have an actual back and forth communication, I think is one of the most valuable things that, that we can do. We can open these doors, we can get to know people as people, re reach them where they are, actually know what they're, you know, get away any wicker uh, wicker man, any any straw man, any, mm -hmm. any you know, misconceptions and, and false ideas we might have of, of different people that cuts down the judgment and that cuts down the condemnation, which is not ours in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, this, this has been a really um, edifying, I, I think, uh, conversation. So yeah, thanks a lot for, for, for joining us. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Thank you guys for having me on. This was Absolutely. really something special. I appreciate your choice to do that. Cool. Thank and you. If, you know, maybe in the future we have a part two, we'd be glad to have you back and talk about maybe get into more of the nitty details of uh, details of specific things, you know, about all there's that. a lot more. I guarantee <laughs> yeah. you. There's or if something comes up, if yeah. something comes up and it's like, Hey, this is going on in the world. Let's, let's have Luke on and talk about it and figure out from the real perspective of, you know, whatever's happening. And yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love to be your resident expert. Please. All right. Me back call. <laughs> oh, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. We really do. Thank you guys. Have a great night. Thanks. You too. See ya. All right. Well, man, that was uh, incredibly fruitful. I think <laughs> that yeah, went really uh, very enlightening. It's kind of I don't know if you use that word now. Like enlightening is gonna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. And if you guys have any questions, um, you know, if they didn't get answered tonight, I, I'm. I promise this isn't the first, this isn't the last time we'll do this. This is the first time. So, uh, you know, just having those channels of communication is important. I think we, we all have kind of misconceptions about what other people believe. And it's, it's not helpful to not know what someone believes and then argue against it. That doesn't help anybody. Right. So, you know, we, we were trying to do that more and more here, just bring people on from different walks of life, different viewpoints and see where we intersect, see where we don't see. And, and most, most of all, we hope, uh, draw it back to the Bible. And as that is our foundation. So uh, before we take off, Solomon, right. what are you reading? Oh, man. Guns, Germs, and Steel. Well, I read a few months ago. Uh, Guns, Germs, and Steel. You've heard of the book, I assume. <laughs> I've heard of it. It's a very popular book. It's one of those books that people point to like it blew their mind. It like taught them so much. And I was like, all right, let me. 
let me read guns, germs, and steel. And uh, it's <laughs> 450 pages to say white people got lucky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> basic. Don't, yeah, I, you don't have to read the book. I just broke it down for you, basically. Uh, it, it's a, for those who don't know, Guns, Germs, and Steel is about the, uh, the rise and fall of, of civilizations and societies throughout human history, looking at human, sorry, anthropolo anthropological look at humanity and societies and things. But what, what he, Jared Diamond, the author, what he doesn't do is he, he, he takes little to no account of societies and, and civilizations, philosophies and religions and ideas and cultures. He looks only at uh, food production and crops and livestock that were native to that region or that are available to that region. Uh, and, and that being the, the main factor, it, it basically boils that though he denies this, I don't, I don't, I don't see how it cannot be geographic determinism, basically like people in the fertile crescent in Europe and these things were, uh, and it doesn't even make sense because a lot of that was not great fertile farmland and a lot of, you know, a, a lot of areas that did have good food production and, and fertile land didn't advance as, as we might say, the civilizations into steel and guns and and create technology and those things because uh, it was all hunter gather at first right and then once we were able to create food production then humans didn't have to just find food every day they could do other things like think and make politics and create bureaucracy and technology and philosophize and do these other things we don't have to worry about killing your own food every day so that's how the civilizations sort of rose and fall but he doesn't go into those philosophies, those ideas, and those religions that these different these different societies had, and how that contributed to their rise or their downfall, it's purely natural. It's purely geographic. It's purely this. These animals were here, and they weren't here, and that's why they, you know. Yeah. So or it, it's it's very interesting because it's like he doesn't take into account as well like the the value of ideas, right? This civilization. So like he talked about. Um, I think like New Zealand and stuff or so around there that they had basically one group of people over thousands of years diverged into different places, different sects and different tribes. And one had the idea of boats, right? And then they came and conquered the other ones because they could, they're more mobile and, and they had that. The, it's like the other pe people coming from the same people didn't have the idea of boats. So you, so it's a, it's a, it's the best example. I guess that's the Maori and the Moriarty. I think in uh, I want to say like Indonesia or like New Zealand or somewhere around there. But right. it's it's uh, the idea of boats was important, right? And he doesn't go into that. Like they they thought of this, they didn't, and so they won. Like that that's important. And I think that he doesn't go into really any of that, uh, mm -hmm. which is really crazy. And it really is just like, well, they got lucky in Europe because. Uh, the certain type of food production and but then I mean he'll even comment how like North America had amazing forests and land and, and rivers and and all these things but that the Native Americans didn't advance and again like he's, he's looking at it pure Darwinism pure survival of the fittest and like how that works and I really don't it, it falls into racism I don't see how it can't I don't see there's no limiting principle from his worldview strictly naturalistic of geographic determinism that you can't fall into racism as far as like they did this society didn't evolve as quickly as this society mm -hmm. like we can say that because we're all creating the image of god and we all come from one 
you know, set of parents, Adam and Eve. But with, when, with that, you're, you're, this society advanced faster or so, right? And this one didn't. And so they conquered each other. And it's just, and, and there is a separation of humanity from nature as far as, uh, as if we're not nature. And I've never understood that either. Like how, aren't, aren't, aren't these humans, human creatures, human animals, just doing what those human animals do under these temperatures and circumstances in genocide and taking over another country in whatever like we see animals and different things do those uh conquer and kill for territory or whatever or mating or anything and we don't say that's wrong but we look at columbus coming and and you know wreaking havoc as evil i was like well isn't that what just what the human creature does right so there is and he doesn't go into anything like that which is very disappointing because he, he touches on the whole world, you know, how, how Africa became black, how Japan became Japanese. Like he like goes into these things, but he boils it all down to the atoms. Very reductionist, very, uh, I, I would, I would say simple minded and lacking in culture, philosophy, literature, religion, all these things are, are just not mentioned. And I think that has a pretty big factor of whether or not, civilizations rise or fall. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's very, uh, materialistic in, in that regard. Uh, was it, was <laughs> it worthy of the, was it worthy of the hype that he gets? It's so boring. It's so <laughs> boring, man. I, I got through it because I'm a reader and I just marathon through books like that. But <laughs> being a casual reader reading this, I couldn't imagine. I mean, there's whole pages of, uh, whole chapters of the the migration of crops and cereals and wheats and stuff and it's like what are you talking about what well i mean what is this know, <laughs> at, at some level that's what it has to be because it can't be like you know it has to be naturalistic like it has to be so it has to be the wheat just happened to work out in this scenario and you know the but the stuff he doesn't doesn't make sense i mean what, what, what's really interesting is he looks at the fertile crescent right around like Eurasia and, and, and right. coming actually out of the, the Middle East and stuff, right. which is where we would place the Garden of Eden right. geographically, right? It's like, so he's basically calling the, where the Garden of Eden would be uh, the Fertile Crescent, like the Cradle of Civilization. It's like, uh, yeah, like <laughs> that that makes sense. <laughs> Looks like the science is pointing to Iran as <laughs> or wherever as the Garden of Eden and everything. Wow, everything's kind of exploded out of there. I have no idea. So, well, okay, we might have some idea from the Bible of, of kind of where those <laughs> things were, but um, it, it's interesting. It's good to it's good to if you can make it through it or just like listen to it or something. It's there's some interesting things that he goes into with that, but um, I think very lacking in the cultural, philosophical, mm -hmm. religion, ideas as aspect of civilizations. Um, but it's good to see from a very naturalist Darwinian sort of though he denies it, geographic determinist view of, yeah. of human civilization where it's all the crops. It's all because you got lucky. It's all because you had the power. And, and that, that's kind of relevant today is like power dynamics as far yeah. as like, well, you just came here because your ancestors, yada, yada. And that's, right. you know, but I wouldn't say our ancestors are, ancestors are any stronger or smarter or more advanced. But from his book, I don't say you cannot say that from his worldview, from his perspective of the world and naturalist materialist view of the world, I don't see how you can't see these humans evolved quicker and better than these humans. I would not believe that, but from what he, how he presents the situation, I don't see how 
Someone can't look at this and say they're better. And, and you know, with stuff that Sam Harris is saying about IQ in races and things, we're kind of getting there as far as like, okay, well, that's that sounds kind of racist. <laughs> you know, like, well, I mean, but, <laughs> all, all, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others, right? That's how that right? works. Animal farm. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. But then it's weird because you'll say everything's equal because he studies the people of Papua New Guinea, right? So he's like, okay. I, I study these people in Papua New Guinea. They're very innovative, very smart. They create these things out of tree branches that we could never figure out. I was lost in a day. They could, they knew the woods like this, whatever. And he's like, they're, they're no less smart. They're no less uh, innovative and, and uh, with it than, than the West. It's like, it, it kind of equalizing, right? We're all equal. Right. But then he says, oh, if anything, they're smarter. It's like, okay, well, now you just made a difference. I'm like, no, now <laughs> you just, so, but that's okay, the so right they're difference. more advanced. That's like, the well, good it, it's this noble savage, right? It's the, right. it's the primitive man. And we've got this capitalistic industrialized nonsense and, and stuff. And that's man in the state of nature. And that's how we ought to be and mm. stuff. And it's like, all right. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I like air conditioning and deodorant, but that's, <laughs> that's, just, that's just me and vaccines. But that's just me. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting to read. It's one of those books you kind of got to read because everyone else has read it or claimed to read it. I don't believe anybody's actually read this book. Right. Like anybody claims it, like this book changed my life. Like <laughs> you didn't read this. There's no way. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting <laughs> if you can plow through it. Yeah, it's like 450 pages, and it's pretty dense of crop That's migration. Like and ugh, But, yeah. <laughs> I recommend oh, it. There you go. So uh, pick it up if you got to. Or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you have the endurance, pick it up. Yeah, if you love to just so, – if you, uh, if you love week... the physical act of reading, you might get through it. I love just <laughs> sitting down and reading with coffee or, or a pen and, you know, whatever. And if you like that, then go ahead. But if you don't, it's going to be hard read. <laughs> for sure. So next week we're going to talk uh, maybe the funniest subject we've had so far. We're going to talk rapture movies. And I am oh, so man. excited for that. <laughs> There's so many and they're all bad. Are, so are we going to incorporate Hell Houses with this too? Yeah, or? Hell Houses will be involved in all of this. The whole idea of like – alternative christian horror i guess you would call it hell house chick tracks chick tracks oh love chick tracks chick track do you have any uh i don't have any anymore at one point i did have a pretty big stack of them i think i had some i think my mom might have some dude we used to give those out we'll save it for the next time but uh yeah chick tracks like literally okay the topic uh we can call it because we're talking about rapture we're talking about end times we're talking about uh uh judgment and hell houses right the, the christian haunted house right um christian the topic will be christianity that scares the hell out of you <laughs> Have like you, literally to, trying to scare the hell out of you you've been to a hell house before right i've been a few hell houses man it man it's it's next level it's something else it's bro it's 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 it reminds me of when i saw did you ever see the documentary jesus camp uh no i know what you're talking about though it's like pentecostals right or like charismatic yeah like, crazy <laughs> it's it's that level of like man if this is christianity i'm out <laughs> it's that kind of stuff it's pure it's it's indistinguishable between uh experiential cults of, right like what was that wild 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 country or something Did you see that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god that that kind of <laughs> jumping around freaking out and 
It's yeah. exactly what it is. So next <laughs> week we're going to talk about all of that stuff. Uh, we're going to have another guest on. Uh, I'll, I'll put it, drop his Twitter, uh, not his Twitter, his Instagram in the link to this so you guys can check him out. Uh, he does some interesting art projects. He just came out with a mixtape of vaporwave music called Hell House. So if you're interested in that, if you like vaporwave, we're going to talk about that a little bit because Solomon does not know what vaporwave is. We so, should talk a little bit about that. But uh, next week, come back for that. So that should be fun. Uh, we'll see you guys. Thank you all for joining in. We're going to thank Luke again for coming on and talking with us again. This is the first time we ever talked. So really grateful that he was open to the conversation. So uh, until then, this is the time. This is the place. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.